you guys ready for the word? Um, we're just going to get in here for just a few moments. Um, we're going to drill down into James chapter 1, verse 5. So if you want to turn there. Um, the reason why we've been staying in Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26, is because um, this passage of Scripture is where um, I'm, I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading our church. And um, if, if you're new to our church, um, and on the live stream, there's a, a, quite a few people on the live stream this morning. Um, we didn't forget about you guys, and I apologize if, if you couldn't see everybody. Um, we, we hope that you could probably hear. Um, the reason why we, we, we teach the way, or I teach the way that I do, is because um, I believe God's Word, I really believe it is alive. I believe that it is active. I believe it is something that we can put our hope into. Um, and that may seem so simplistic, but it's very, very true. And I think once that becomes real, then what you do is you can teach and preach and lead. And even in your family, look at scriptures as a future thing that God is doing. And so a lot of times um, what I'll do is I'll teach for where I feel like God is leading us next year. So you guys realize like when we got into the Holy Spirit series last year that, that this kind of thing wasn't necessarily happening that often in our church. And now it's just an occurrence. Like I came in and uh, during relational break, people were just praying for each other. And, and it was, it's beautiful to see that you've got this one couple over here that's laughing and you can tell they're really enjoying community. And then literally right beside them, you've got somebody just really praying and just like you could tell the Holy Spirit is really touching them. And that's the life and the community um, that you see the house of God should be full of the Holy Spirit. And the church in Antioch in uh, Acts eleven nineteen, which Joe did a really good job reading this morning, talks about a church that, that was not perfect by any means. It had its issues, it had its struggles, and it was led by flawed men and women, but it was a church that really was seeking the heart of God. And you see wisdom was being poured out on it. You see that it was had a strong voice and a prophetic unctioning upon it. You see that it did have good leaders, men that were full of the Spirit, that they were good men, that more important than being full of the Spirit, uh, not necessarily, but being a good man, full of the Spirit, more importantly than having skill, that these they, they had it all together, but they were a good man. And I think it's very important to, to have that. But this, this, this spirit of the church was beautiful. And what we see is that it was so powerful that really the, the, the term Christian resonated first out of this passage of scripture, out of, out of this uh, church. It was, it was incredible. Churches were planted all over the known world at the time from this church. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. As I dig into James 1 verses 5 this morning, verse 5 this morning, um, I want to go back to the original verse that I started with a few weeks ago. Because I want to come back and I want to add a component to it uh, that, that really we saw in action this morning. We saw it work, and that is the component of faith. I want to talk about that for just a few moments. Um, what does it mean to have faith and define it? Because when you ask, you should believe that God is going to move. So when we ask, we believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come and do some beautiful things. So we, we call these prayers of faith, asking and believing, asking and believing. And as Liz had the, the analogy of Augustine, I, I kind of have the analogy of my, my little Boston Terrier, Preston. Um, and every single time that I get anything to eat, he comes and sits right at my feet. 
and he will not move. And then, well, I'm sorry, he will move, but he will posture himself. If I haven't like fed him or acknowledged him, he will posture himself into a different place just in case I can't see him over here. (laughs) He moves over here. Now, I wouldn't say that uh, Preston is asking and believing. I think he's asking and begging, but, but there may not be anything necessarily wrong with that. But what I, what I realize is that Preston has this intense part of faith that he just believes that I'm going to give him and all the kids, and mostly because the kids do this, he has a reason to have faith, um, <laughs> is that we are going to give him some of our food, that we are going to, to give him a portion of, of, of... Now, that's a super silly analogy, but how many are thankful if you take that and you extrapolate that out? We don't have to wait as, as, as sons and daughters for, for just these crumbs from the Father's table. He's saying, hey, come and eat. I want you to come and sit with me. I want you to have the entirety of what it means, the fullness of what it means to be a son or daughter of mine. And so we're just going to look at this scripture really quick, um, and then we're going to take communion and head out. But James chapter 1, verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should... Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you, okay? Now, I was talking to my discipleship group the other night, and one of the things I was telling them was one of the the big issues that that I face as a pastor when I teach this is that there was a, a season, and it's still there, But there was a season in the life of the church where uh, there was a ton of what we would consider the prosperity gospel that was being preached. And uh, it was an an, an, an unhealthy, very unhealthy excess to the teaching of the character of God. But here's the thing I want you to see is that just because something gets into excess, it doesn't necessarily mean that the base underlying teaching of it is completely wrong. So what we see is that the character of God is to give good things to his people. The character of God is to bless us. The character of God is to pour out his grace upon us. Now, does that mean that the Lord wants us to rope off our driveway and believe that there's going to be a Land Rover or a Tesla in there? No, that doesn't mean that at all. Here's what I've learned over the years is that sometimes when we talk about the prosperity aspect of it, it's always about material things. And does God care about materiality in our life? Of course, he meets our needs. But more importantly, what we see in this is that God doesn't just meet always the material needs. And and as I've pastored throughout many, many years, one of the things I've realized is that there would be people that would take peace over a brand new car. There would be people that would take shalom in their marriage over a brand new home. There would be people that would take health in their body or clarity in mind more than anything else. And these are the things that come out of the character of God. It's inescapable. You read throughout scripture and he's talking constantly in Ephesians and Philippians and and Colossians about how he wants to pour out good things. He talks about pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall I give to you. The idea of whenever we give ourselves of the Lord, he always pours out. The theme that was here this morning is that when we refresh the needs of others, that we are ourselves refreshed. It is the character of God. And so that is the, fun, uh, the fundamental underlying thing that James is basically stating. He's stating a fact here. He's not trying to talk or work anyone up into anything. He's saying, listen, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. 
And so what we have to see here is any of you lacks wisdom. And that word lack there, lack is the difference between abundance. Lack means without something, that it's something is being withheld. In 2 Peter 1 through 2, it says this grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Jesus, our Lord. So grace and peace be yours in abundance. This is the language that you see constantly throughout the New Testament is the abundant language, the knowledge. Does this mean that we're not going to have difficult, hard times? Does this not mean that we're, mean that we're not going to go to the mail and receive something um, that we may not necessarily want to receive? Of course not. We all live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. But what it does mean is that when we get that letter in the mail or we get that news or we come into you know, our roof and we see that thing leaking, our hope isn't in that roof. Our hope Hope isn't in that mail. Our hope is not in the circumstances. Our hope is in the Lord. That whatever we go through, whatever we deal with, whatever comes our way, yeah, there may be those moments of anxiety, those moments of fear, those moments of how I'm going to come through. But the abundance of this is that when God moves in your life, when he speaks to you, when he does something in your life, you realize that, you know what, I don't know how this is going to work out. I just know that it is because the Lord has never left me and he never will. And so while we may lack the ability to fix that roof, while we may lack the ability sometimes financially, what we do not lack is the ability to ask God to move in this situation. We don't ever lack that. We have an abundance of that. And and what he's saying is saying, listen, come, and and I'm I'm asking you, I'm, I'm giving you, you should ask. Now, I love the way that he, you know, uses the word should, because he's saying you should do this. Have you ever received counsel and somebody says you should do this? Um, you know, a lot of us have. I could do this, or I wouldn't. When, it, when our kids were very young, we banned the word can't. You can't use the word can't in our home except to say that sentence. <laughs> say you won't. Say you shouldn't. Say you, you, you just won't, won't even attempt it. That's fine. But don't say that you can't. And so when we realize that, that the Holy Spirit is, is coming and saying, I want there to be no lack but I want there to be an abundance, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. So if any of you lacks wisdom, a hole there, I want to give it to you in abundance. Then he goes on and he says, this is very important. You should ask. You should ask, which is to petition or request something, which means to have faith. Now, this is the, the block that I want to, to, to lean into for just a moment. So Hebrews 11, one says this. Now, faith is what? Confidence. And what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. Okay? So when you're in circumstances that you don't see the end to, and you don't see the way out, faith is confidence that God is going to move on the other side of it. It is hope. Okay? Now, I've had people tell me that hope isn't a strategy, and I would agree with that, okay? And I've also heard faith as being taught as something being completely, totally out there, like you should have uh, complete and total faith without any common sense whatsoever. But the reality is, is that the Lord has given us common sense. I'm really thankful for that. You know, I'm not just going to have faith, turn the stove on, put my hand on the stove, and go, this isn't going to burn me. There's common sense about it. When I get in the car... I have a sense of a common sense to put my seatbelt on. Here's the thing that we have to do when it comes to this is we have to make sure that our common sense 
doesn't become a hiding place for our fear. That's just common sense. Yes, I understand that. But at the same time, the Lord is saying, hey, on the other end of this, there's faith. And this is the thing that that I I really, through the pandemic, that I I had a lot of folks um, struggle with um, was the idea of fear overtaking us. And the, the, that, was, that was completely fine with, with me. I, 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 to be honest with you, I have a ton of grace for that. You don't, you don't ever shame someone in their fear. As Christians, what you see throughout Scripture, we, we are to, to genuinely give them love and to be able to give them a confidence. This is why we need community around us because community helps establish that confidence in the middle of fear, whatever it may look like. And so whenever you're, when you're dealing with this, what you want to see is that, yeah, of course there's common sense, but also faith is defiant toward those circumstances that these circumstances are not going to take me out because God is going to move on the other side. So faith isn't just hope. It's almost a defiance. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and we all know that because we all had kids, so we know what defiant is, and we all were kids at one point. We understand what that defiance is. There's almost a sense of defiance, not toward wisdom, but defiance toward the circumstances that's trying to force us back from having God's best. And that's where hope comes in. That's where faith comes in. Martin Luther says it like this, that faith is a free surrender and a joyous wager on the unseen, unknown, untested goodness of God. It's a complete and total free surrender on the unseen, unknown. Eugene Peterson says it like this, the only opportunity you will ever have to live by faith, look at this, is in the circumstances you are provided this very day. This house you live in, Troy, (laughs) this family you find yourself in, this job you have been given, the weather conditions that prevail at the moment. And so in the church, what we've been taught is that faith is selling everything and going to the mission field. That is a dimension of faith. And we have people doing that. And that's very beautiful. Don't get me me wrong. But a lot of us are going to experience daily faith by going, you know what, is it time for me to maybe move jobs? Is it, is it time for us to stop having a mindset that we're broke all the time? Is it, is it time for us to have a mindset there's always going to be strife in our home? Is it time for us to, to have faith that God can move? Now, here's what happens when you believe that, okay? So uh, just imagine I'm standing right here, okay? Well, you know, you don't have to imagine that. You can see me. I'm standing right here, and what I'm believing for is in the future. This is the faith version of it, okay? So I'm here, and what I'm believing for is there. Now, a lot of times what we try to do is we go, I'm going to get there, okay? So I have to have all the answers and everything figured out here in order to get here, okay? Now, keep in mind, if you did that, then um, by all means, you you wouldn't be where you're at. You'd be at the next place, But faith says, I don't know necessarily how to get there, but I am going to trust that God is going to move on my behalf. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start taking steps in that direction, and I'm going to ask the Father to give me wisdom. And then what happens is as you're starting to take those steps, Lord, say, hey, watch that table gives you wisdom and moves in there. And that's how it operates, okay? But a lot of us, uh, if we're not careful, and I say us, not as a, a, in a critical way, but I can also say this myself, is that we won't move unless we can see how it all is going to end. And the Lord is just saying, hey, come 
and trust me. Come and I will move. Come and just believe. And how we do that in the daily circumstances really uh, hones our faith. And so faith isn't just about hope of good things to come. Faith is an open act of defiance to circumstances that we know do not line up with the Father's heart for us. It is an open defiance. It's like, you know, I I have a terrible attitude right now. I'm not walking in joy. There's too much strife in our home. And there's a a sense of understanding God's word and going, no, listen, there's going to be joy in this house. Okay. And, and, you know, you, you, you get all your family around and you, you don't necessarily say, hey, you know what? Every last one of you are going to be full of joy and you're going to like it. <laughs> now, I would agree. There might be some times where you have to do that. But sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm not saying anything. I'm believing. I'm asking God and believing yeah. that whatever strife is going on is going to be broken in the name of Jesus. And man, I've seen this time and time and time and time again in my family. I've seen this time and time again in my church where when we just believe that God would break things, it's just crazy how he will just break something. He'll just work and move. And it just feels so much like, and you feel so silly because you're like, why was I so worked up about this? When all I needed to do was just abide in the Lord, turn it over to him and trust that he would do this. And so here's what I want you to see is every one of us were designed for great faith. And and what I mean by great faith is that if you might be in a uh, circumstances where you're believing the spirit to really open up a door for you in a new job, that may be great faith to you where I'm just believing that my daughter is not going to come home from preschool on red. You know, does that make sense? which one has the greater faith, you know? And so we usually only talk about faith in the sense of a great context within church. But faith is a a part of our daily lives in every area. And so what is great faith? Well, it all depends on what you're believing God for. And so what I, what I believe, when I talk to new church planters and they're like, man, I just, I just want to believe God to get 20 people in the room. That's great faith to them. You know what? 20 years ago, that's what I was believing for, okay? And so there, there, it, what is great faith to you is different, but faith isn't about the levels. It's about the asking and the believing. And so what I want you to see is that faith isn't about determination. I'm going to be determined to work this through. It's not about willpower. I'm going to will us and my family. And it's not even about work. This is going to surprise you. Faith is all about surrender, it's surrendering over and saying, okay, God, you got me. What do you want to do here? And then believing that he's going to move. Okay, so if he lacks wisdom, you should ask God faith. Okay, so we're going to the Lord and we're asking him. Then look at what he says. Who gives generously. Okay, who gives generously. Now, what I love about this is that we don't have a God we go to, and he goes, I already gave you your weekly allowance. (laughs) Or I wish you would have come sooner because the Paradise family just got, took the entire last little bit of stores. We're still waiting for for the shipping container to arrive from overseas. We're fresh out of generously everything. We don't see a father that's like that 
I see a dad going, because I don't know what I'm talking about, like, like especially, this is the way I see the father. It, how many grandparents do I have in here? Amen. <laughs> how many know what I'm talking about? If you love your grandkids, you push the limits with your grandkids. Things that you would never do with your kids that they do with your kids. I don't know what I'm talking about. So like when you were a parent, you would go, no, we're not going to get ice cream. It's 8 o'clock and I need to get you in bed. But now you're like, oh, it's 1030. Let's go again. (laughs) Does that make sense? I know it's a silly analogy, but I'm trying to make this simplest because I can't because I really want you guys to get this. I need it too. But the idea that the father doesn't come and say, hey, I'm, I'm all out. He goes, here's some. Oh, and by the way, you're going to need peace too. Oh, you know what, man? You know, I'm not going to just fix the roof. We're going to do some sidewalk work here too. That's just how he is. And, and when, you, when you realize that, that doesn't make you look at God like he's a pinata. That makes you have an affection for him. Because, you know, my dad, he loves me. All that other stuff is extra. Makes me want him. So he gives generously, and this is the part that I love, to all without finding fault. You know what's funny? Is all the years that I read this scripture, I don't know if the Lord just blinded me to that portion until this moment, but I, I don't know that I've actually ever thought about the without finding fault part. You know, so what he's saying here, uh, James is saying here, he said, he gives generously to all without telling you, I told you so. So will you go, Lord, I'm in, I'm in financial trouble. And the Lord doesn't go, ah, you probably shouldn't have went out and had pizza night the other night. You probably shouldn't have done this, probably shouldn't have done that. How many are thankful that grace is so beautiful? The Lord says, hey, listen, I'm not finding you fault. I'm just going to give you what you need in order to overcome this. Man, the grace of Jesus is so beautiful. Give generously without finding fault. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So it's according to his riches, not ours. So all we got to do is rest in that. John Newton said this about finding fault. He goes, I am not what I might be. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I wish to be. And I'm not what I hope to be. That's a lot of am nots, right? But I thank God I am not what I once was. And I can say with the great apostle, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So he does not find fault. And then the last one we see here as we close this morning, what is it? It will be given to you. It will be given. So we come, we ask And here's the thing about the character of God. It's the same with anything. So, um, Addison, leave that up there, baby girl. Thank you. That's my daughter. If any of you lacks, I just want you to know it's my daughter. If any of you lacks, (laughs) take wisdom out. (laughs) 
Take wisdom out. If any of you lacks what? Peace. If any of you lacks joy, if any of you lacks shalom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Why? Because this is the character of God. To have faith that is defiant, defiant to the circumstances. And it says, you know what? I refuse. Part of the reason why we, we don't want breakthrough can sometimes be so unhealthy because we, we don't want breakthrough because what we're broken over can bring us attention. But the Holy Spirit is saying, don't seek the attention, seek the breakthrough. I'd much rather have the breakthrough than the brokenness. Now, the brokenness is, is beautiful because it, it, it forms humility and it creates a fragrance of our spirit that, that causes us to be able to approach the Lord and be able to really have a sense of his goodness and his kindness. But what you're going to see throughout the life of a Christian is that there's going to be these breakthrough moments where we feel God's presence, this desert season where we feel like that, that things are just not clicking, these moments where we feel a sense of brokenness, where something happens that is just completely beyond our ability to fully understand and get our head wrapped around. It's, it's the ecosystem, the life of a believer. But this is what I can tell you through all of it. And this is not, was not planned, but I just want to say this. God is with us through every bit of that. The brokenness, the top of the mountain, and the wilderness, he brings it all. The only thing that he's asking from us is not to be perfect, but just to ask to come into our lives and to bring wisdom and faith in whatever that we deal with. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. Mm-hmm.